This week's podcast is brought to you by Zenith Wealth. Go to zenithwealth.com.au. and welcome to episode one of Get the Know How. My name is Grant, Grant Howe, and joining me today is my lovely, lovely co-host, Giovanna Simpson. I love the way you say that. It was a very sexy sort of undertone there when you said my name, which oh, I love. Always be sexy when I say your name. Absolutely. Baby. Great to be Ooh. here, Grant. Well, it's great to see you, and uh, what, a, what a wonderful occasion this is, G, because this is the first time that we are recording, and today is the 26th of the 10th, 2020, 26th of October. It is, yes. And it may take a couple of weeks for us to get our shit together and work (laughs) out how to get these things uploaded. Absolutely. But I'm just letting you know that it's Monday, it is uh, 8.45, and uh, we're sitting here having a glass of red, and we're about to to get started and uh, have a bit of fun. So welcome, everybody. Welcome. Gee, how was your weekend? The weekend was good. Now, I'm a Carlton fan, but I donned at the Richmond Colours on the weekend and uh, went for Richmond. And how well did that go? Well, it went well for you. Um, it didn't go well for me. I'm a Carlton fan too, as you yes, know. Yes, that's correct. Which is so part of our mutual attraction. That's right. That's exactly and, right. And um, I, I, you probably don't know this about me, um, but I collect trading cards, sport cards. And so I collect AFL and I collect NBA basketball and I collect wrestling. How have I not known this about you? All these years we've known each other and I haven't known this about you. Well, in one of my draws about four months ago, I drew out a Premiership Contender card. Now, it's a beautiful silver-looking card. Okay. um, And it's worth bloody nothing unless the team wins the flag and it was a Geelong it was a Geelong premiership contender card okay. so what would have happened is if Geelong had won then I would have sent that card in and I would have got some autographed cards of the players that played in the game and it could have possibly been worth a little bit of money and 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 done some good things for my little collection that I'm oh, I'm getting no, on that's a real shame so that's sort of gone out the window really hasn't well, it it so is a real shame it is a real shame because I was at the um the pineapple, uh, sorry, the pineapple. Uh, I say the pineapple. Pa- the paranapple. Paranapple. That's how you pronounce <laughs> it. Centre in uh, in Devonport, and if you go outside on the balcony, they've got this massive big screen outside. Yeah, it's fantastic, isn't it? And yeah. I went out at half time, and Geelong was in front. Is that what you did while you were meant to be in the actual function? Uh, well, yeah, I had, yeah, to, I had okay. to escape. It was a long function and yeah. I needed some fresh air because there was quite a few red wines consumed with our next guest, I might add, who uh, we'll introduce shortly. But when I saw the uh, the screen, I got a little bit excited. Did you? Okay. Just a wee little bit excited. It was excited. a very close game though, wasn't it? Like well, it was touch and go really for it, a lot of the it was, a lot of the match. It so. was, but I really didn't um I really didn't watch the game uh 
at all apart from that? Apart from that. Apart from that. And uh, then when I checked it at the end of the night, um, I was quite disappointed, disgusted. Um, Anyway. Anyway, doesn't matter. We we move on. We we move on to next year when we have a real season. That's right. And hopefully Carlton will uh, actually get up in in the top eight. I have a good feeling about Carlton. So for our international listeners... um, not that we have any yet, but we will. We, but we will. We, might have. we will have because we, we know. I've got friends everywhere. Uh, I've got family in Holland, so there that's a starting point. Yep. Um, you've got friends. You've got so many friends. Family in Cyprus. Cyprus. And, you know, hi to all them. So we've got. We've, we could go worldwide with this. We could go well. That that is the plan. So uh, the, uh, the grand final for Australian rules football, um, and for my American friends, that's real football because we kick the ball. Um, <laughs> You know what I'm talking about, um, don't you, Tim from Pennsylvania? Um, anyway, uh, it was the grand final on a, a shortened season with a shortened game, uh, practically in front of nobody for the whole year. Um, however, they got through it, and uh, hopefully next year, and um, after all the madness that we've we've been through, not just here in Australia, but worldwide, but particularly in Victoria, which is the home of of football in Australia... Uh, no crowds. No crowds. And, yeah, it's been absolutely crazy, hasn't it? It's been a crazy year. It has been a, a crazy year. And uh, I'm, I I think we're yet to see the uh, the damage that's been done. That's just a personal opinion. But maybe yeah. we can ask our next guest what he thinks because he's a very smart man. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. So why don't we introduce our next guest? Let's do that. So our next guest is Dr. Isaac Poole, and he's the head of investment governance, head of investment governance, and the chief investment officer for Oriana Financial Services Global. Now he um, looks after lots of money for people right across Asia and Australia. Um, now this guy's amazing because he's he's young, he's rather handsome. He's rather handsome. He's I rather mean, the handsome. listeners can't see him, but I'm sitting right next to him. No, so this is no, great. no, no. He's uh, he, un, you know, he's a handsome man. Um, <laughs> he he definitely has a. I think he's a, blushing a little bit now yeah, as well. Perhaps. He could be blushing. He's got a yeah. he, he's got a head for television, really, not for radio. But absolutely, um, absolutely. But yeah. he's uh, he's very clever. He's got a PhD in economics. Uh, he is actually um, an Oxford scholar. Is that that correct, Isaac? And uh, he went. Comes from a little town called Wynyard in Tasmania. How incredible! And a local doing amazing. A local things. doing amazing things. That's what things. it's all about, isn't it? Really, that's what Grant, it's all show, about. Getting um, you know, local people on that are doing amazing things. Local people who are doing have done and continue to do amazing things. So uh, here we are, Isaac. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's quite the introduction. Uh, and yes, I was blushing. <laughs> I knew it. Thank you very much for uh, for having me on. Oh, you, you did. I saw a little bead of sweat just run down and uh, across the brim of his glasses and down his nose then. Um, it's okay, Isaac. It's not to be nervous now. Isaac, this is not the first interview you've done today, is it? No, it's not. I was uh, on radio earlier on um, chatting with uh, with the guys at Bloomberg about global economics and global markets. Oh, I see. On Bloomberg Radio. And you've been on television today? Not today. Not uh, today. Tune in on Thursday and you'll see me on television at 12 o'clock Australian time. Fantastic. And Fantastic. Which, which channel will that be? That will also be Bloomberg. Bloomberg. So you do, t- my understanding is you do television for Bloomberg, 
uh, CNBC, Ausbiz yep. um, TV. Um, you're, you're really quite, uh, quite. I feel like I'm in the presence of royalty. Well, I feel like a, a bit of a you know little person sitting here. <laughs> yeah, like, there's no. quite a lot of stuff that you do. I, I think, I think a bit, bit like this. They just need someone to fill in the gaps that they have. Yeah, and, yeah I'm, I'm always willing. So they, they kind of throw me a bone here and there. Really, uh, I think that's it. So Isaac, thank you for for coming in today, and your guest number one. Guest number one, how does that feel? Very humbling. It's uh, <laughs> it's it's fantastic to um uh, to be joining. I I got to say, coming in to um to see the setup that Grant's got here, you, you obviously can't see it if you're tuning in, but it's a very professional setup. Um and uh, and uh, that's that's great to be able to christen it as guest number one. Well, uh, you are christening it as guest number one, and we're doing so with a a bottle of wine while we talk. And uh, that is correct. Let's get stuck into it. So. Isaac, just give us a little bit of a brief rundown on where it all began for you. You were a Wynyard boy. I think you came from quite humble beginnings and somehow found yourself working in Sydney and schooling in London and then finally residing in Hong Kong. That's a fairly big journey from uh, a small town on the northwest coast of Tasmania. Yeah, uh, and... I guess I'd, it's difficult to know exactly where it began. Um, you know, I, I am from Wynyard and started my schooling at Boat Harbour, actually. So you know, it, it doesn't get much smaller than that when it comes to <laughs> educational uh, beginnings. But um, from there, I, I moved to the Big Smoke in Burnie and, and did my high school at Marist Regional College. Uh, and, and honestly, going through school, I, I didn't really have any intention to go to university. I didn't really know what I'd do. Um, I did okay at school, but it, it wasn't sort of pre-planned that I would go through high school and then go on to university and go on to study globally and, and work globally. It just honestly kind of happened. Opportunities presented themselves. And I think when when you look back, you realise there was a lot of luck and a lot of sort of fortuitously being in the right place at the right time. And and also not to discount the fact that I, I was pretty fortunate to have a lot of mentors along the way and people who looked out for me across the different jobs I've had and, and, and probably without that I suspect I would not have got anywhere near where, where I've achieved now. Now don't sell yourself short there, Isaac. Uh, you mentioned that, you know, you had a bit of luck, but successful people tend to make their own luck. Wouldn't you agree with Abs- that, Jeff? Absolutely, they, they do. I mean, it's a lot of hard work, a lot of dedication – and, uh, you know, you've obviously done that to get to where you are. It just does, it, and you're, Grant's absolutely right. It just doesn't happen on its own. You started off at University of Tasmania? Correct. So what year did you arrive? Uh, so I started university in year 2000, actually up here at Burnie. Um, my first year of uni was at the Cradle Coast Campus. Coast I think campus, it's still called yeah. that. Um, For now? Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> it's I know there's to become some, something else. So. Yeah, yeah, it may, may change. and. And it was um, it was a great beginning actually because I mean I stayed in Bernie uh, for for love. Um, my girlfriend at the time, now wife, uh, was was a year below me at school um, at at Marist. Uh, shout out to Tia. I hope she's going to listen. <laughs> so is he, he he must be off the market. He's off the market now. I was a Marist girl, but I think I was there a lot. Bit lot longer before you, way before you, I'd say. Uh, probably, uh, probably not too long before me, I'd say. And um, but yeah, I mean, we 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 st- I stayed up on the coast, and um, 
and and studied at, at Bernie, which turned out to be a, a really great opportunity because I enrolled in economics and law. Um, I travelled to Launceston to do law once a week and then I'd do my economics here on the coast. And, and for one of the courses, at least, um, I was the only student enrolled in the course here in Bernie. So it meant that um, my, my lecturer would come up, present the lecture, then do the tutorial. And if I didn't do the work, uh, it was pretty obvious that I hadn't yeah. done it. So that was that gave me a good grounding at least. You know, I did I did learn quite a lot here on the coast. So from the coast you went to Hobart? Down to Hobart. And where did you when you went to uni in Hobart, uh, did you rent a flat? Did you stay in as Lady Jane yes. Franklin Hall or something like that? Yeah, exactly. I was a I was a Jane Franklin Hall. Jane uh, Franklin. Boy. Yep. Um, again, my my girlfriend, wife now, uh, we, we both moved to Jane Franklin and it, it's a bit of a separate rooms, separate separate rooms. rooms. Yes, absolutely. Did that, <laughs> that really happen? Did you we, have separate rooms? We we uh, we had two rooms. Wow. <laughs> yep. Um, Surely you would have snuck in there at some point. Uh, yeah, I'll, ke- I'll keep my own secrets. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> my mother-in-law might be listening. Oh, your mother? Yeah, sorry, mother-in-law. Um, His glasses are fogging up now. Yeah, His glasses so. are fogging up, and too much red wine, I'd suggest yeah. as well. But anyway, continue on. It was um, very interesting. Yeah, I mean, JFH is a um, is a f- sort of tried and true pathway, I think, for a lot of people from the coast. And um, you know, those, those university colleges, I think one of them's disappeared now. Uh, Christ College. I'm not sure if it's still around. Um, but but it, it was a great opportunity for people from the coast to go down into a very welcoming environment and not have quite so much culture shock. And you know, I, I I went to Jane because my father before me went to Hitton Hall. I mean, he didn't graduate from university. He certainly drank too much beer uh, to, to get through it all. <laughs> it's usually but, what happens at yeah. uh, uni. My students, uh, you know, I, from experience back in, in, in my day, and I'm a tiny bit older than you, Isaac, but... Uh, most people I know that went to uni flunked their first year because all they did was party. <laughs> they went to the uni bar. Surely well, that's where most of the students spent their time at the, the uni there bar. There was the, the uni bar and uh, the Duke of Wellington the used Duke to be the place. And there was a yes. bit. Was it still going, the Duke of Wellington, when you were there? Yeah, yeah, I think it's still going now. And the band yeah. called Tap was um, was was huge, huge cover band. It was around yeah. the grunge era in 91, yes, 92. 91. And uh, actually, the guy that was uh, the singer of Tap, Cameron Tap, he ended up being on The Voice or Australian Idol. He did too. And I tune into him and watch him most Sunday evenings on Facebook. He has a bit of a jam every uh, every there weekend. You go. So See the connection there. Yeah, the connection I think there. that's fantastic. Yeah. So, uh, so down at the Duke uh, of Wellington, the Uni Bar, <laughs> he probably, you know, went down to Customs House and had a couple. Yeah, I mean, it it was a great way to meet meet a lot of friends actually at at, um, at college and university and and a lot of those guys I'm still very very close friends with now so you know that that sort of goes back to that point about having mentors and a support network and I think you don't you don't really get anywhere nowadays without a, a good support network at least it's life's hard and and it's good to have groups around you that can help out so following on from uni you graduated what year two thousand and four and what did you graduate with. Uh, Bachelor of Economics with First Class Honours. First Class Honours. And so wow, from there fantastic. you went to Sydney? Yes. Uh, I moved up to Sydney to work with the Reserve Bank as a graduate. Um, yeah, and I, I think the world's changed a lot since then. When when I was studying university, we didn't have interns. Well, the interest rates would have been a lot higher <laughs> at, the reverse, at the Reserve Bank back when you were there. Well, they had an interest rate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nowadays it's, uh, yeah, it's non-existent. Um, but yeah, th- we we sort of 
didn't have the internships that you get now and the opportunities to go out and and have them pushed in front of you and and so for me as I went through my last year at university I honestly had no idea what I was going to do I hadn't interned I hadn't looked at any jobs and it was sort of halfway through my last year where my my supervisor at the time said have, have you applied for any jobs and I said no I didn't hadn't even thought that far ahead um, and so I put put in application at the Reserve Bank and the Department of um, Treasury and Finance Department of Finance in Canberra, and uh, and it was sort of happenstance, I guess, that I got through to an interview. And um, more luck than anything, again with the Reserve Bank, I I got flown up to Sydney, stayed at the um, the Wentworth Hotel, I think it is, uh, in sort of a near Pitt Street. And I had no idea where the Reserve Bank was. I had no idea how to get <laughs> it's from a, big a hotel. Place, the Pitt Street Mall. Yes, I, I, <laughs> I know where Myers is. In Pitt yes, Street Mall. absolutely. Uh, I love Myers. May, may stay there for a long time. It's <laughs> obviously doing it tough, but yeah, I, I mean, f- coming from um, Wynyard and I would spent time in Hobart, but you know, I played a bit of cricket in Sydney as a very young person, but I hadn't been into the actual city itself. I had no idea how to get to the Reserve Bank and. I sort of, uh, you know, the day came for the interview and I got up and realised I didn't know how to get there. I didn't have a phone. You, know, you didn't have phones in those days to get That's there. That's right. You didn't have phones. And, and totally so, different time. Yeah, I, I mean, I kind of uh, how did we lost survive? it a little bit. It was an easier life without phones. Yeah, it was think, actually. Wasn't it? it was You're a, right. definitely an easier life. It would be nice to get rid of them, but, yeah, you've got to live with them now. But, yeah, I, I mean, I, I managed to ask the concierge and they pretty much walked me from the hotel to the reserve bank. It's, it turns out it was about 200 metres, but I had no idea and I was a bit too nervous to ask anybody. So, um, yeah, in the end I got the job and started there in 2005. So was that with the New South Wales Treasury Corps? That was that was with the reserve bank. Reserve they're, bank, they're based sorry. In, yeah, based at the top of uh, Martin Place. Then you went to the New South Wales Treasury Corps where you managed research and asset allocation and client relations with a balance sheet more than 80 billion Australian dollars. Mm. That was the next billion. role. 80 billion. 80 well, billion. I'm lucky to have 80 dollars sometimes <laughs> in my <laughs> bank account at the I, end of the week. I, yeah, I live day to day, but um, <laughs> absolutely. But but it, 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 going on from that, he then worked in a role as head of capital re- markets research of Asia Pacific for Willis Towers Watson, where you managed research portfolio management and risk management get this for us 2.3 trillion under advice yeah it's a big company um yeah i didn't i wasn't managing all of that of course i was a, a cog in in the wheels but you're but an important part in that cog very in that wheel important, yeah. yeah it was um I, it was a great great role so uh, you yeah so isaac Bidaba primary school the smallest and cutest school the, the on smallest, the northwest the coast. Smallest, I like to point the out the smallest yep. uh, from a very beautiful place too. Very beautiful place. Uh, but you've gone from Bud Upper Primary, Taz Uni, um, local boy, and you found yourself in Sydney working for Willis Towers Watson Asia Pacific, looking after two point three trillion dollars. That how many zeros is it in a trillion? Uh, I'd, I'd have to count them on my, my fingers, I yeah, think. So I'm going to Google that I mean, because yeah. I'm going to be honest, I have no idea. No. I, I know it's on my credit card and the limit on that and that's <laughs> as far as I go. Oh, my God. If you had a $2.3 trillion uh, you, credit oh, limit, can you, imagine you, you ain't you, paying that baby back. No, it won't be happening. So from there, 
somehow you made your way across to Oxford. Yeah, that, that's right. I, I mean, I it, it, in the chronology of things, I was at the Reserve Bank and it's a great place to work with lovely fantastic people and again i've i've kept them as a great support network throughout uh throughout my career but it wasn't really for me um i I enjoyed parts of it but i sort of had a desire to go back and study Um, and so i ended up getting a scholarship to go to university of sydney first and foremost and when i was there that was in 2007 my supervisor at the time in, in my PhD suggested that I go study in the US or the UK, wherever I could get some global exposure. And it, it turned out that I had a, um, a ancestry visa for the UK and it turned out that Oxford let me come. So uh, off, I, off I shipped to, um, to Oxford for a year. And Oxford is one of the most elite top universities in all of the world. Yeah, I mean, it's a beautiful place as well. I, um, I have heard lots yeah. of historic buildings. Um, did you follow? Was, they do the rowing, don't they? Oxford and there's that. They do. I've seen that. There's in the that movies, big actually, race the every Oxford year. Yeah. Oxford versus Cambridge, Cambridge, yep. and uh, it's cutthroat. It is. It's yeah. huge. A lot of university pride. Did you get involved in anything like that? Well, I can't swim, so I'd never get onto a boat race. So I can't guarantee. So just very uh, intelligent man can't swim. I love that about yeah. you already. Like I think that's that's we, awesome, isn't it? We, we would have been on the side of the river going rah rah rah. Yeah. Go Oxford. Go Oxford. Wait, what what, co- what colour are they? Uh, they're dark blue. Dark blue. Yeah, the dark blue. What scarf. is the accent for uh, Oxford? Um, there's there's a very specific Oxonian. Can you can accent. you do it? Can you do no, the accent I'm for s- us? I'm so bad at it. I only embarrass myself. Grant can do it. Can oh, you do I, it? I don't know if I can do it. But um, was it Oxford University that was on that episode of the Young Ones when they had the University Challenge? Oh, the University um, Challenge. What it, a, oh, the um, Young Ones. Was it Lord Snot? <laughs> Lord Snot. <laughs> yes, Lord Snot. Do the Young Ones? We're really going back in time now. Uh, Neil and and uh, Mike. Mike and, and Vivian, Vivian and Vivian. And, and Wick. And Wick, that's Rick. right, Wick. What a, what a oh, show Rick. that was. I'm so hungry I could eat my own earwax. Yeah. And we all know what that's like, don't we, children? Um, so, I um, rape my own earwax, I can quite happily say that. Yeah, no, look, actually, just getting slightly off um, track here, I actually heard that earwax... This is totally off track I know, track now, I know, Greg. but you've mentioned earwax, so okay. we've got to talk about it. I, I've heard that it's actually a really good natural... Uh, antibiotic. What, to actually eat your own earwax? No, no, no. But if you had like cracked lips, put your fingers in your ear and rub it on your lips. Yeah, no, It has I, healing I'm properties. Yeah. No, I'm not going to do it either. I, I've, never, no, I, I've never done that. <laughs> Let's just... I actually think that you have done that. Well, it's clear. <laughs> anyway, back, back to you, Isaac. I'm um, sorry, Isaac. Got off track. It's okay. I'm, I'm learning something, uh, which is great. <laughs> Isn't it yeah. good? Yeah. And that's the whole idea of this podcast, that you learn something new. That's right. We've now learned something and about I have imparted accent. some really <laughs> sound knowledge onto you today. That's right. Correct. I mean, you've worked with, with trillions of dollars, but you didn't know anything about the earwax. So, you yeah. haven't lived. You, know, yep. you haven't <laughs> lived. As my ignorance is, uh, is embarrassing, I've got to say, when it comes to matters of earwax. Sometimes they say that the <laughs> smartest people... That's right. No, nothing they, about earwax. That, well, they know nothing about that. It's the simple things they just do not uh, do enjoy. But Isaac, you've, you've been to Oxford, and it would have that would have been absolutely amazing. I mean, um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm quite envious of that. Um, I did. Uh, now, 
God, this is bad because I keep forgetting the name of the bloody uni I did. But I did a uh, seven-day course at Stanford, mm. and uh, in you know from the in the US, and uh, on it was a um, innovation and uh, leadership course. Fantastic, fantastic. Um, but to actually experience you know, twelve months of this and and living that that life, it would have been would have been awesome. Yeah, it it it's full of fond memories and uh, and great friends. And there's there's a lot of Australians there as well. Um, not that you sort of race out and just hang out with the uh, Antipodeans, but there are um, you know some really lovely people and and you know. Stayed, stayed friends with those guys as well, but uh, but you know, the history that Australia has at, at Oxford is is great. And Tony Abbott, Tony Abbott, uh, Bob Hawke, Bob uh, Hawke, of course. Um, that's where he. Class. That's where he learned to do the, the, pint. the drinking. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, and and the the place is littered with stories of um, Basil McKenzie, very famous, famous people. Yeah, and um, yeah, so I, I had a great time there. Yeah. Yep. Isn't it great though? Like just on a different tangent, as you as you do, that when you are overseas in a place like Oxford or you know wherever you may be, when you hear an Australian accent, oh, it's, it's great! Like, oh my goodness, do we really sound like that? It's <laughs> yeah. really not great, is it? Yeah. Well, because we're like, yeah, g'day, mate. How are you? But you know, they're all like, oh, hello. You know, and it's totally different, isn't it? It's it it stands out. There's it's no same doubt in the US. Mm. Um, but it's exciting, isn't it? When yeah. you hear an Aussie accent, it's and like that's my mate. Yeah. Yeah, get that cover. Um, when I, I've had that, you know, cause I find it really funny because apparently we talk fast here in Australia. We do. And uh, I remember I was in San Diego. I did some study over there, and I got into the elevator. I bid for a run. I got into the elevator, and there was a friend of mine from Florida, Jen. She was doing the same course as me. She was there, and she said, um, "You know, how you doing, Grant? You have a you had a good run." I went, "Oh yeah, I'm absolutely, I'm absolutely stuffed." You what? That's right. Stuffed. What is Stuffed. that You're full. No, 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 no. I'm knackered. You're naked? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'm buggered. You're what? <laughs> I'm very, very tired. Um, That's exactly right. And because our slang is just so uh, prominent. Just a strong, fast, fast accident. 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 Accent. Yeah, yeah, I got that. No, yeah. you sure do cuss a lot, you Australians. <laughs> uh, that was the other one I got, but we won't go there. Isaac, you left Oxford, you came back to Sydney, and then somehow you found yourself living in Hong Kong. Now, tell me about the Hong Kong experience, because we're both really excited to hear about Absolutely. this. Absolutely, can't wait to hear about this one. Yeah, I mean, I I've, I spent six years, um, or a bit over six years in, in Hong Kong. We moved up in uh, in 2014. The the reason was um, for my wife. She she was given a, a regional role, uh, moving from her Sydney company to the Hong Kong office, and so I dropped tools and, and followed her up there, which was um, daunting because I went up without a role or without a job, and and it's not easy to find work. Things you do for love. I was just thinking exactly. that. I'm thinking, how romantic is this mm. story? Mm. Yeah. Well, it it was and it was great. It, I think. My wife and I have always sort of had a bit of give and take in that sense that when one of our careers is going very well, we'll let the other one, let them run with it, and the other one plays a bit of a back, um, you know, I, I don't know, backseat role, uh, because those ebb and flows happen over time, and and this was her opportunity to take a step out of out of Sydney and out of Australia into into something a little bit more global, and and so we we supported that. Um, we we got up to Hong Kong in 2014, and 
and it was I look back at it now and it was kind of the good old days compared to what what's transpiring in Hong Kong now um, you know Hong, Hong Kong is a great place but it, it's um, it's it's suffered a little bit over the last 18 months for COVID and for protests protests and so you're on a Hong Kong island yes yep and the suburb uh, I remember you telling me you're near Happy Valley. That's right. We lived in Causeway Bay for the Causeway Bay. Now, Happy years. Valley is where the racetrack is. Oh, okay. I'm thinking I'm not very familiar with Hong Kong. I've only ever stopped there a couple of times at the airport mm. on my way to somewhere else. So it's I'm not a very familiar with really it. Really unique. I do city. know that, uh, yeah, that place. So. A lot of fun. And, and so, what was it like being there amongst that tension? Um, it, it honestly, the, the way it was portrayed in the, in the news here is was somewhat selective I think yeah it when when you were living when we were living through it we didn't get the same you know, sense of oh this is really dangerous or terrifying it, it really wasn't Hong, Hong Kong is a it's a very well-run orderly country and you know there were protests and people exercised their right I suppose to, to protest but the level of violence that was shown we I, I never saw it I can't comment on whether it happened or not but um, but I never felt unsafe. Once you never felt unsafe in, in the entire time we How were there. How about to you? Uh, likewise, um, we we were over there for two periods of protests: the initial yellow um, umbrella revolution, um, and Tia walked through that a couple of times to get to work because she was cut off from the other side of the island, and uh, it was quicker just to walk when when the weather was nice and it was very peaceful and polite and mm. uh and safe and and the subsequent ones as as well everyone knew when there would be a protest uh and you could choose to stay inside and, and feel completely safe through it and you know the 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 tear gas yes that happened but that happens everywhere it's part of protesting i think yes i've been hit with tear gas myself have you my really travel. i have yes in denmark oh, wow. uh, one year the police came in and uh, raided the area that i was uh, staying in and um, I just happened to be at the front of the mm. of the crowd and, and got tear gassed. It was quite oh, it was wow. quite scary, painful, and quite daunting. Yeah, very painful and quite daunting as well because you're far away from home. Mm. Things like this really don't happen mm. here, especially in Tasmania. No, but no. to be faced with something like that is actually quite scary. What's that spray that the police use? Um, pepper spray or pepper mace spray? Pepper spray, mace. Yeah, yeah. I I I copped, I, I, I call it second hand um, width of that if you like, yeah. but. Uh, it was back in the days when, when I was playing music and we were loading out after the end of a night and um, in Olveston there was a... <laughs> in Olveston. <laughs> it all happens in Olveston. Oh, well, yes, you know the you most... You can Google that if you're oh, <laughs> living that, overseas, that, just Google Olveston. That is so famous, that fight. <laughs> they do have a great clock. But the fight has made it worldwide. It has made Google it worldwide. Google Olveston fight yeah. if uh, you're not from um, Tasmania. Lighthouse Hotel, <laughs> pub brawl. Um, and, and it was terrible. It was a terrible brawl. What's that? those guys that... Do the running commentary. They're on. Um, they're on. The uh, Muppets. No. The oh God, they're funny. I think um, the old guys that I'll, sit up on yeah. the. I'll find it and I'll bring it next week. Bring because it next week. The, the commentary of that that fight is hilarious. But I I copped some spray, um, and it's not very nice. <laughs> it's really not. It's really not. It wouldn't be much fun. So you you take off through that all right. The yeah. first protest, it was peaceful, I do remember, but um, and it's still going on. What do you think the future holds for Hong Kong? I, I, don't, I don't really know. Um, it's an extremely important part of China's financial system. Uh, it's, a, it's a very well-run country. It's the connection to the West. It's, it, it, it still is the connection to the West, and, uh, and I think 
the US and European banks have made a long-term capital commitment to it and and that seems to be persisting. Um, there's there's no doubt that in if we're sitting here in 20 years' time, I suspect Hong Kong will still be a very important part of the financial system globally and, and for China and, um, you know, and I, th- I think the the way that it's developed over the last 20 years, it's not going away in a hurry. It, it'll, it'll stay there. And, and, and I hope it does because it is a beautiful place. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a great place to live. Magnificent great place. People. So at the moment, you're obviously here. Are you able to get back to Hong Kong? Or? Yeah, so we, we could. Um, it's not easy. Not easy to get back to, to Hong Kong. And, and obviously the, the difficulty is getting back to Australia if we go back to Hong Kong. Yeah. So, okay. um, do you still have your home there or your yeah, everything's still there? We okay. do. We've still got our apartment. Um, our dog is still over there at the moment and okay. we haven't seen her for six months. Um, She's living in the apartment by herself. She's living in the apartment. Yeah, yeah. Does she know how to order, like, you know, takeaway food? <laughs> Uber Eats. Uber Eats. <laughs> Uber Eats. Yes. Do they have Uber Eats? They had Uber Eats. They do. Yeah. So yeah. Uber Eats. Yeah. yeah Uber Eats. Uh, she's, I say delivery. Yeah. Oh. She's looked after by a, a lovely person. And um, yeah, we, we can go back, but it's that, that issue of if my, my parents or my parents in law were to get unwell, could we come back easily? And. We, we sort of decided that we didn't want to risk that. And, and you know, s- schools have been closed in Hong Kong for some time and, and my oldest boy is he's only in kindergarten, but it's it's great for him to be socialising with other children at that age. So absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. It's very important at that age. So this is, uh, is obviously probably the best place at the moment. And technology is amazing and it gets better and better all the time and we live it in a is. world where we don't need to be on site. That's right. I am the master of Zoom meetings at the moment, and and you guys probably are as well. But everything's a Zoom meeting Zoom. or a team, you know, Microsoft yep. Teams, and it's great. Yeah, we don't have to be everywhere all the time. So mm. I've mastered it. That's it, though. That's have you all seen I've some of the Zoom bloopers? Um, that no, but I've seen the one around. that um, was it Hamish maybe rocked up to a couple of Zoom meetings <laughs> online over the course of COVID. They were quite funny. Oh, there was one I saw <laughs> over the course of COVID, and there was a work teleconference and. The young lady must have been zooming in on her phone, but she took herself to the toilet and didn't realise. And I, I just oh wow, you do have to be careful with yeah, Zoom portable do. devices. I, I must admit, I did a couple of um, meetings at home and just had the pajama bottoms mm. on, yeah. but it just frocked up up yeah. the top and did the hair and stuff, and just had the pajama bottoms and slippers. Yeah, it yeah. was nice for, for five, six, seven <laughs> weeks. It, w- it was nice, but uh, it got sick of it pretty quick. I, yeah. I was pretty keen to get back to work, but I guess it's. Uh, I mean. You know, you don't have a choice, you know. Hong Kong's here or there. You're here. Um, but you can do everything you want from where you're living in Bernie. Um, Tia's working for, again, a company out of Hong Kong. Um, and incredibly, incredibly gifted and smart in her own right in, in her field. What she does um, is, is quite amazing. So between the two of you, you're, um, you're a pretty smart a pair of cookies. A force to be reckoned with, I'd suggest. <laughs> mm. well, I mean, I think coming, coming back to Bernie, we'd... That's always been a bit of a, a long-term plan for us and wherever we've lived and wherever we've moved, we'd, al- we're always very proud to claim that we're from Bernie and, and from Tasmania. And, you know, th- there was, I think, during perhaps the early 2000s, a bit of cultural cringe for some people to say that they were from this part of the state when oh. they moved overseas. You're absolutely right. Oh, I think yeah. so. Yeah. There was. And we, we never really 
bought into that. We're, we're very proud to be Tasmanian, very proud to come from, from this part of the world. A lot of great people do and have, and, and I'm sure we'll get some of them on, on, on here at some stage. Yeah, we will. And it's kind of funny, you know, like a lot of people left Bernie, went to university. Well, I'm never coming back to Bernie, but they... They uh, do. We they, come they back. We their, actually we find our way back. back. Mm. Um, you know, I've always said it's it's not where you live; it's the company that you keep, mm. and that's what that's what makes makes it. I mean, I could I could I, w- I couldn't care if I was living, you know, in Hobart, in Sydney, Darwin, Perth, Bernie, New York, which would be really nice. <laughs> uh, but I don't know if I could deal with Trump. I'm going to be honest; that, that would be yeah. We're going to get me. to Trump in okay, a second. We're going to get to Trump because. Good. That that's really important, and this man can give us a good good uh, a good idea about what he thinks will happen. And because by the time this this uh, podcast drops, we'll have a result. We'll have a result. It's that close. So, uh, so yeah. yeah. So I'm maybe scared. maybe we ask about that, um, Isaac. There's an election coming up in America, and uh, some are saying it's the most important election in in history of uh, the United States. What are your thoughts? It's 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 a um it's an election an election I, I suppose that's um that's got more even more attention than your average U.S. election. They only happen every four years, so they're always novel and and new. And there's new issues that come up, and and so you, you know it's it's easy to get swept away in it. The if from my role in my job, my focus is always on on markets and and how it might impact the global economy and. Historically, U.S. elections have had not that discernible an impact on on markets. Short term volatility. Short term volatility for sure. Um, they can have meaningful impacts on parts of the economy, and uh, and we sort of we've been thinking a lot about what those parts are, and you know that means deciding where the big picture differences are between the Democrats and the Republicans in this particular election, and. And and it really you know it it comes down to climate change and foreign relations. The the two uh, you know Biden and Trump have very different views on both of those, so that that will impact um, those specific sectors. And and people have very it just turns out people have very very strong views about climate change and about foreign relations. But from a from a very big picture point of view, we're still going to see the US economy have very low interest rates. We're still going to see the US government and the US Treasury printing money and 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 implementing fiscal stimulus. And and that means that in two or three years time from today, whoever wins on the on the third of November, the US economy is going to be growing. Um, of course. And and of course. That's that's you know that's a really important big picture I, for me. I, I think the thing for for us as Australians is that Trump, he's just comes across as a horrible human being. I I don't know any other way to to put it. He, yeah, he looks like shit. <laughs> um, excuse he doesn't me. look good. Excuse does my he? language. You know, he, he he's got the worst head of hair. He's 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 orange. He's orange. It's a terrible fake tan. But it's just the way he carries himself, and and I've n- he's been so divisive, and he's divided that country. Um, he's upset the Chinese. He's upset the Europeans. Um, you know, he, he just about rubs everyone that I talk to up the wrong way. Yet there's a 
parcel of America that just absolutely, absolutely loves love him. him. And, you know, the, I think the main concern for me in all of this at the moment, especially this year, is his lack of understanding about the COVID-19. He really has no compassion about the people oh, in America. But he got over it in three days, their, didn't he? He's immune, Amazing. apparently. He's the only person in the world that's immune to this disease, mm. or this virus. So that concerns me greatly, Isaac. I don't know what you think about that, but that is a concern when he's not really concerned about the amount of Americans that have died from COVID-19. Yeah, I, I, I think that nowadays... Um, you know, the divide between the Democrats and and President Trump is it's been reflected in in large parts of the world, and it's that politics of personality, I suppose that 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 does change the dynamic in in an election um, setup, and and we're seeing that in the US, and we saw it in the UK, and you know, I, I suspect we'll see it in, we, in we, Australia. We do as well. see it in parts of Australia. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you look at the rise of popularity in some of the politicians we've had. Jackie Lambie, um, uh, Pauline Hanson, um, you know, and, and, and it's because people are st- sick of the establishment and sick of the status quo. So, um, and Trump, even though he is the establishment, is also very anti-establishment. And, you know, we're going to make America great again and, and uh, you know, we're going to build a wall. It's going to be a huge, big wall and it's going to keep all the, the horrible people out. Um it's dividing, dividing opinion and and playing on fear, and I, I don't think that's good politics. I, I don't think using fear to, to influence, um, but you know, people have bought it. Who do you think's going to win? It, it, it's uh, those sorts of direct questions always <laughs> get an economist because we are we like to have a on one hand and then again on the other type of answer, but um. Yeah, the the polls are very clearly showing that um that that a, a Biden, Biden led yeah. president um, White House is is a likely outcome, but I don't believe the polls. The, the, the polls have been wrong a lot over the last five years. The polls in, in are parts wrong of the world. quite often. Yeah. Um, Clinton was going to win the last election. Scott Morrison was going to get the, f- the floor was going to be wiped by by Bill Shorten. Yeah. Um, the polls. They, they they can be very very wrong, and, yeah. and I think blindly following them is is not a great great policy. Um, if you're an investor or an economist, um, or or you know have have a leverage to the outcome somehow. So, I I, I suspect that it will be far far closer than what the polls are yeah. showing, um, and I I don't really know who's who's going to win, but. I'm sceptical about the polls that are showing a, a clean sweep for the Democrats. Yeah. I'm hoping for a Biden win, but I think there'll be a Trump win. I, I, I agree with you, Grant. I, I really feel that um, the Trump is going to come up. It's not what I want. No. It's not, I don't think it's what anybody wants, no. but um, I have a feeling that his followers are so passionate no. and, you know... Oh, he could take it. He could I, take the flag, so to speak. I, I love that country so much. You know, I've travelled there so many times, and yeah. and I just I just love it. And uh, New York City, I just like it's my favourite place in the world. And um, the parts of the United States I've been, you know, and I've I've really um, you know dived in and tried to be part of the culture there and 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 understand people. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful place, and they're beautiful people. I've met some fantastic people and I have fantastic friends over there and um, the the way that 
I guess the United States has been betrayed and certainly, you know, and look, you don't believe everything you see on the news or you shouldn't take too much notice. I can't really watch the news now. It just drives me batty. But, <laughs> but you know, um, you know, if you just follow Donald Trump's Twitter feed... I just can't. I actually just, just can't like do it. it. I, I, just, it doesn't make any sense. It's repulsive. It's just, it is actually it's, repulsive. It makes yeah. no sense. He's a really... Oh, no, he's a, he's a coarse man. I, I'm not oh, sure he's, a, words, he's just a goofball. He's just a goofball. So we think Biden... We hope Biden's going to win. We think Trump's going to win. Isaac, being a true economist, he's sitting on the fence. I love it. <laughs> he's um, a true economist, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. But... Yeah. Okay, Isaac, so I'm going to ask one more financial question and then we'll just get a little bit back onto you. Mm. Um, you know, the great institution in Australia called AMP, um, probably the most hated company in the, in the country r- right now. What do you think the future is for them? I, I'm, I, I'll, I'll tread very carefully here. As you have say to. Are a, are a competitor of, of what, yep. what we provide and, um, you know, I think their their difficulties that they're facing are representative of um, of a broader pathway and and challenges that um that the financial planning and the wealth management sector in Australia has faced over the last decade. Um, we all went through the Hain Commission, you know, in, in your your business and and in my business, it's it's affected everybody, um, and and it's shown up that there are challenges from a governance perspective and there are difficulties uh in 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 the existing models and business models that some of the 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 large wealth management companies have um have implemented and and used to to be profitable over a long period of time that that's changing and and my view is that anything that puts the advice and the wealth management profession down a pathway to a true self-governing profession is for the better. I'll be utopia. We dream of it. Yeah, um, we we really do. Uh, I, I just think the big the day the big institution in financial services is 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 gone. It it's been challenged, and yeah. I, I think the the vertically integrated um, big institution relying on um, cross subsidies for its profits is is going to find it very difficult over the next five years. Now half our listeners have just turned off right now, so <laughs> no more talk about finance. There's one thing you do not know about Isaac is not only is he a very smart man, economist, and a father. And uh, a husband. Does he have a weird collection of things like you do with the wrestling <laughs> cards? That's what I'm thinking. Oh, I don't know. Do you have a weird collection of anything? Uh, first edition books and signed books. That's probably, okay. That's, no, that's only, okay. That's, that's better than thing. WWF, is that right? <laughs> World Wrestling Federation. Well, that's that's what they used to be called. And I am a closet wrestling fan. I, I do love. I've followed wrestling all my life. And uh, it's performance art for me. It I is, just it think is. it's amazing. Isaac's a very handy cricketer. Oh, you're a cricketer. And yes. he's not just okay. any old cricketer. Oh, here we go. Isaac's played at Lords. No, you Isaac is have a you? member of yeah. Lords. Isaac was the captain of the Hong Kong Cricket Club. Cricket Club. Yep. Just randomly, the boy from Boat Harbour. Let me just get this straight for everybody. Yep. The boy from the little school in Boat Harbour yep. was the captain of the Hong Kong Cricket Club. Yeah, I know. Okay. <laughs> yes. At how does that happen? And Lords. Yeah. That's, it, wow. It was, um, uh, I, 
I, I started playing cricket for, for Wynyard Cricket Club a, a long, long time ago, Boat Harbour uh, initially, and then <laughs> started amazing. playing for Wynyard. But um, I played a lot of youth cricket, and when I hit university, I, I pretty much gave it up. Uh, you know, I was not good enough and didn't have the work ethic, and you know, ultimately there was um, a lot of guys much better than me who went on to play for Tasmania, and you know, if, if you don't... If you're not going to go and play for Tasmania, often in you you hit an age and go, I, I don't want to do it anymore. And and so I gave cricket up for about twelve years. Um, played dabbled a bit when I was at university in the UK uh, because you know, it was too tempting not to play a couple of games there. But um, I ended up when I ended up in Hong Kong, realized that maybe I could go and play again at you know in in my early thirties and. Uh, I went along to a trial session at the cricket club. I was terrible. I hadn't <laughs> played for 12 years. I was bowling into the net side of the net and bowling full tosses. And I, you know, I looked like someone who couldn't play cricket. But they, they gave me a chance anyway. I was the last person picked in the draft, went to the worst cricket team. Um, but yeah, I, I, I found that I really had a passion for it again. It was a great release from working very long hours. And um after a couple of years, I'd, I'd done okay, and, and they made me the captain of the Premier League team, um, for which I, which I did for about three years before moving here. And the great thing about being a member of the Hong Kong Cricket Club is it's very, very steeped in tradition. It's 170 years old this year. Very prestigious. It's a, it's a lovely place. And I'm just shaking my head going, mm. what is going on right now? Mm. The boy from Boat Harbour... Has but done many things. The boy from Boat Harbour played in was it the fifty fifty comp? Uh, well, no, sorry, twenty twenty competition in Hong Kong. Yeah, yep. So, who were some of the players you played against? We were in in the team I I was in. We had um, Darren Sammy uh, from from West uh, Indies, West Indies, uh, Marlon Samuels, West also, Indies, uh, Yasser Arafat, who played Test cricket for Pakistan. Oh, stop it! Um, Seriously. Yeah, it it was. I played high school softball, and but I can't remember any of the. <laughs> any, I don't think anyone became famous from that. Yeah. Certainly not me. No, it it was um it was a great opportunity, and and I owe a lot to the Hong Kong Cricket Club because it it's been like a family for for some time. Um, my wife was a director up at the club, and and sort of really really we really got involved there. But the the great part about being part of a old traditional club is we got the chance to play um, cricket around the world. So we uh, we had a tour to the UK in 2017, uh, sorry, 2018, and the the feature match was at Lords versus the MCC. And um, I was fortunate enough to be given the captaincy role um, at Lords and and play against the the team there. And it was it was a, a dream come true. Really, it was a, it was really great. Oh. Well, it makes my softball career look really quite tragic. Um, Great game, softball. Great game. You really can't compete with that. That's, um, you know, it's an amazing feat and the fact that your wife was involved as well, Mm. you know, how incredible for both of you and just to, you know, to have that journey. You're a real team, aren't you? Real team, yeah, and it's wonderful. Yeah, it's one thing I've picked up. So, Isaac, this has been great. You're truly an amazing person for what you've achieved and I know that it hasn't come easy. If, If I could ask you that, just to impart a couple of words of wisdom to our, our listeners. What's worked for you? What would you suggest to people? Um, some of the common themes I've heard 
right through today's conversation has been how you've had mentors and and like family and friends. I mean, you know, you said that you had luck and you're in the right place at the right time. I don't buy that for a minute. Um, I think that you've worked really hard and people that work hard find their own luck. But what are some of the lessons? What can you impart to people? Because you've done it and you're still doing it. You're still doing it. You're only 35? Well, a bit older. Uh, 38? 30, yeah, 38. 38. Just a baby. He's, He's only a baby. a baby. Yeah. Yep. Um, I, I mean, I, I think that what what I've probably taken away from you know, post high school and even through high school uh, life is it, it's tempting to think you do everything on your own and um, especially in, in modern day, it, it it's it's easy to get trapped into thinking everything's got to be done by yourself and there's no one out there to help you and um, you know and you've got to forge your own path and and partly that's true you you do have to forge your own path and decide where you go but you you I I, I sort of think that you'll never achieve the same success and never enjoy it as much um, without a really great support crew and uh, and a, a really great a group of people around you who you can share your successes with and commiserate your failures because you're going to have lots of them. Uh, I mean, I've I've had multiple failures. Um, Anyone you know, that's successful does have a failure. You do, or yeah. Two. Yeah, Absolutely. and and without that support crew, that can be the end of it. Um, you know, with it, you can kind of shake. Sh- you know, I've shaken myself off and and carried on trying, and and you know, another opportunity comes up. But with without that support crew. Um, and a network of people who you can rely on to give you a, a fair and even uh, feedback about yep. what went right and what went wrong, it, it doesn't work so well. Do you uh, seek feedback? Uh, all, all the time. Um, my wife's certainly very good at giving it very frank about my my work and what I'm doing and if it's going the right direction. Yep. I also have um, – I've been, I've been very fortunate that a, a friend that I did – university at hobart with obviously a long time ago we went on to work at the reserve bank together we studied at oxford together um we then worked in sydney together and you know that we're in the same field as well um that having someone who's been along for the ride and i've been along for his ride he's he's extremely successful guy um it gives you that opportunity to bounce ideas and and keep those networks going surround yourself with good people uh, you know, they say that you are the five people that you hang around with. Yes, or, yep. You know, um, and I, I, I believe that to be true. So, uh, you know, never underestimate the importance of having a good network, people that you can talk to, um, people that can actually listen, not just hear, but listen, and uh, and let you tell your story and, 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 and let you get off what's on, what's on your chest. And... Not provide comment, but provide an ear um, and and a suggestion if 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 that's what you want, some feedback. So, uh, Isaac, you know, uh, I don't know about you, G, but I think uh, your story well, we've was only just begun, um, but you've packed a lot into. I'm in shock. I'm actually in years. shock that you that you're so young, and you've done so much. I mean, to say you've studied Oxford is enough, but all the things that you've done that I've listened to after meeting you for the first time tonight um, is just you know it's absolutely incredible, and it's a credit to you, your family, 
you know, your wife. So it's it's a team effort. It's I'm the guessing, best kept secret in this town. The best kept secret in town. And, and please Google Boat Harbour. It is a beautiful spot. It's a beautiful place to grow up in. And, oh, Boat Harbour um, Beach, the sand is white. It's white. It's absolutely gorgeous. The water is so cold. It's it's incredible. And you're a credit to, to Bernie, really. And we're very thankful that you, you are here. You're, you're a wonderful man, Isaac. And uh, I think you should come back and uh, visit us again. and Maybe run and, for council. And, yeah, well, there's a good well, point. Well, there's a you thing. You know, yeah. I think you would be good on the, the local council. I... Uh, have no doubt about that. Um, the man does like uh, to share a glass of wine, and I know where he can be found most Friday evenings. So uh, you'll have a chance. At your to house? Uh, no, well, we haven't made it that far yet. We we uh, but uh, we we share the love of wine, and there's uh, a couple little spots where we'll meet. So, yeah. Isaac, it's been a pleasure. Uh, really enjoyed you being here tonight. This is our our first podcast, and I hope that we've done okay, G. I think we have. And look, we're just going to, we'll bribe our listeners if we have to. But we <laughs> want to get them, you know, from not just here, but all over the world. So, yeah, you we know, do. tune in. It's it's a, it's a bit of fun, but it's also a really good insight into what, you know, people are doing. Ordinary people doing everyday things, but, um, you know, doing amazing things as well. And that's yeah, what we want to get across. That's what we want to get across. We want to, we really do want to impart other people's success stories and that's other right. people's words of wisdom. Um, you know, we sometimes we, we, we all think we know everything, but there's always something we can learn off somebody else. And, and I've learned something tonight. And I've learned something about the earwax. I just want to put that <laughs> in again. Yeah. Um, I'm really scared now when I do get dry. So I get the earwax out and pop on the lips, or maybe not. I might just leave that. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I, I don't, I wouldn't recommend <laughs> no, trying. I think, I think you um, made that up. But I, no, I didn't make it up. Okay. I'm dead set. I'm, you know the person who actually told me, oh, no. and I'm not going to tell you okay, on air. Right. Not on air. <laughs> uh, so we'll be back again very soon. So uh, Isaac, again, we thank you. Thank you so much uh, for coming in, Isaac. It was great to have you. G. Thank you, Grant. Great to be here, and we'll be back very soon indeed for podcast number two. Podcast number two. Cannot oh, wait. I cannot wait. Cannot wait. Uh, everybody have a. Uh, Good day or evening or whatever it is you want to do and we'll see you again. Oh.